Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Brittany. And we are the Color Nerds. I just said You just thing. said the whole Why thing. Not? All right. Uh, the, <laughs> the conversations. That, that black people have. When white people are not in the room. But we record them. And we put them on the internet. For all of you. Yes. So, 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 we're back at it again. We're back at it again. <laughs> you just, guys don't know that. You but. guys don't know that. What happened is, is that for a second time this year, 2016, I started recording and I didn't have uh, Eric on the right mic coming through. You know, input, output. Whatever, technical, technical, mumbo-jumbo. You know, I really feel like this is uh, like a subconscious choice. Like this is, this is I'm trying to silence you. you. You are. Erasure. Erasure. <laughs> <laughs> so now we had to start over again. But Eric was just recapping his honeymoon. Yes, yes. Uh, so when my wife and I got married about a year ago, if you listen to the show, you already know. Um, we never took a honeymoon. She was pregnant. Uh, we had baby on the way. Yep. And uh, we wanted to be able to drink and turn up, you know. Yeah, I can't, Literally twerk yeah. on the balcony of a boat. I I know. I saw videos of it. It's interesting because when you were twerking, you were still wearing, like, an outfit you would wear to work. Yeah, I mean. It was so confusing to me. I was like, even on vacation, like, why well, you have a collared shirt. You have a collared shirt on. That, that was summer wear collared shirts. Like, there, you, there's, there's different, you know, there's a difference. You wear lighter fabrics. You wear, you know, Like a linen? Loose. You weren't even yeah. wearing a linen, though. Nah, you I were mean, wearing, like, a regular cotton. I brought out the seersucker later in the week. Okay, anyway. But, uh, but yeah, so we had never taken a, a honeymoon, so we decided to take a honeymoon. Went on this amazing cruise for like seven days. Damn. Literally went to like paradise every single time. I texted you. I was in paradise. I know. I got all these photos. I was like, damn. Yeah. I was in Um, D.C. Trying not to get pissed on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We literally were in amazing weather. And now I'm back in the shit. (laughs) It's terrible. Weather here fucking sucks. Yeah. And I, as I had said previously (laughs) in our lost tape that I really almost started personal drama with everybody in my life this week just because I woke up in a fucking shitty mood every day. But you know what? God saw to it that I found some salvation this week. (laughs) And you know what? I had some some mind-clearing personal time this week. And I feel a lot better. I'm glad. I'm really glad. I'm happy. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. You had a beautiful vacation with your wife. Yeah. Without the baby? Yeah, that was nice. It was, I mean, it, it's, it's it's weird to be like, man, I really had so much fun without my child. No, it's but, not. <laughs> not. My mama would not say that. But, I mean, it's, it's just strange. I mean, I haven't had the opportunity to really say that before. But um, <laughs> but I did. Uh, and, you know, I appreciate her more now. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's amazing. Like, I 
Like, I babysat her a couple weeks ago. We had so much fun. She did try to eat some paper towels, so I had to do the like She's the big on that. crazy adult thing and, like, stick my gigantic fingers in her mouth and make sure she didn't choke to death. Yeah, she knows the deal. Yeah, she did. She was like, what? And I was like, no, you fucked up. You need to, you you gotta chill. You gotta hold your horses. You can't you be eating paper towel. Yeah, yeah, she's, I mean, she's an amazing child, she's an amazing kid. She doesn't give us any problems, but it's also just like, you don't realize that, oh, I've really spent 90% of my time not working with this, with this like little person mm-hmm. who is like functionally insane because she doesn't really know much. But <laughs> no, she know. can't communicate. <laughs> yeah, she very can't well. communicate. So, but yeah, I mean, it was nice to like step back from that and just like breathe and relax mm-hmm. and take in. Yeah, personal the world. time. It's nice like having. You know, I understand. You know, you don't really if you don't really get that one on one time yeah. with your partner. It's like when you get to go on vacation. Yeah, it's great. I'm really, I'm real, I'm really happy. Honestly, you know, in general, I'd say like you got a new job, Carla yeah. got a new job, yeah. Peanut got a new job. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you guys went on your honeymoon. Like honestly, like you know, I'd say your overall aura is the most peaceful I've ever known it to be. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm in, a, I'm in a good place. You really are. It's actually miraculous. Every like. Uh, especially like after last year where every time I saw you, I was like, I think I'm going to get cursed out. Like, I don't know what I've done. I'm just pretty sure I'm about to get cursed out. Yeah. I'm, I'm the most chill I've ever been. Ever. Y'all don't understand. Ever. I'm generally a pretty wound person. Like even when I was, and I wound up and you're still like, "Ah!" it's too much. Yeah. It's nice, man. It's nice. It's nice too. I agree. I think it's nice. Well, you just have to you just have to recognize you can step back. Sometimes when 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 things come together in a way that you feel comfortable about, yeah. like you say, like you know, Kyle's got a new gig, I've got a new gig. Like I feel like we're in a good groove with the show. Yeah. you know, we just have vacation. Like everything, I feel like everything is in a good place. It yeah. allows me to like allows me to kind of step back. I mean, you were you've been working really hard the past like year and a half. It's been I'd say actually for both of us, the past yeah. year and a half has been like a it's really a serious grind. <laughs> I'm really glad. I'm glad that you had some time. I'm about to take a vacation myself very I'm soon. excited for that. Going to Puerto Rico yes. for eight fucking days. I'm going to just, you know, open my arms to the sun. <laughs> I haven't been to You'd a be beach that's not it. in Massachusetts since in five years. Yeah. I'm just going to be so happy to just not look at, like, human feces on the ground. <laughs> well, you never like, know. <laughs> well, that's true. That is crazy true. Crazy people everywhere. There are crazy people everywhere. But we shouldn't take too much time. Yeah, we like, take this too much is about time. to be long. It's actually good that we uh, that you started it off. We started off talking about uh, your honeymoon. Honeymoon, <laughs> yes. Because today's episode, I, I mean, it's about lemonade. Yes, it focuses on what happens after the honeymoon. After the honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you who are hearing this from a different galaxy, and even I think if you're listening to this in another galaxy, you've certainly heard of Beyonce, Giselle, Miss Carter. <laughs> Um, yeah, so if you have, like, if you've, like, if you really just have been under a rock, even if you don't like this woman, even if you don't like television, even if you don't like music, you've heard of Lemonade. Beyonce dropped it April 23rd. It was bananas. It's like, I'd say her best, most ambitious work to date. Definitely. Definitely. Easily. Um, yeah, and it it's just, I mean, like, across the board, it's, like, incredible. I was made to go out that night. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay home and watch Lemonade and then go out, but, you know... God had other plans, so I had to leave the house. But you know me, I like went, I put title in my phone because I was like, I need to be, got to be ready at any point in time. It came out, at least on the East Coast at 9 p.m., premiered. I was out in the streets. I had to continue my evening out. Came home at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, we're going to hold hands and cry to this Beyonce. 
four o'clock in the morning. Damn. Surprise! And I really did. I cried about it. I tweeted about it for another thirty, like another hour after it was over. In the middle of the night, nobody was on Twitter. Nobody cared what I thought. Slept for three hours. You know, did that little open my eyes. Oh, is it morning? What time is it? Oh, lemonade came out. Let me stay awake. I live in three sleeping for three hours. Let me wake back up. See what Beyonce had to give me. Watch it again by myself, crying. Literally, I watched it on my phone with my work big ass work headphones on, <laughs> curled up in the corner of my bed, like sobbing, so that I wouldn't disturb my bedmate. And I was just doing. I like was just doing the actual most, and then I talked about it all day long. I mean, you you wrote about it too, and I'm excited because this this is a significant moment. Yeah. In that this is the first time one of us is actually in the show notes. Oh yeah. <laughs> like oh but, yeah. But you yeah, wrote yeah, about yeah. it as well. I mean, and honestly, what also is weird, like in terms of lemonade. So I was obviously I was on my honeymoon. Yeah. If you saw like our tweet, like it was like, <laughs> nah, you're we're not like, gonna get a lemonade. Yeah, we're like gonna get a lemonade episode for a long time. Yeah. Because on his honeymoon, but, funnily enough. Like, so Lemonade came out, and Carlos obviously like, yo, we should watch it. And I was like, I really want to watch it. Mm-hmm. So we paid for the, like, premium Wi-Fi. <laughs> it, was, it was literally $100. Yeah. We paid for that. I mean, it was for the whole week, yeah. but not for, like, a day. Like, that premium Wi-Fi, I was able to get our group text, like, two five-second videos of, like, Carla and I, like, twerking on the balcony. That was, yeah. And y'all didn't hear from me again until, no. like, what, Friday? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> no. Because it was so bad. So, like, you just couldn't down. There's no way we were going to be able to download yeah. an hour-long video. It just wasn't it just wasn't working like that. But I made it back, and, you know, your your article in Refinery29 was actually the first one I read. Really? Uh, it was one. It was really good. Thank you. It was really good. Really, really impressed. I... I I will say, huh. you know, I like. I, I mean, obviously, I know that you're a supremely intelligent person. Like, you, you do the show and you know, I mean, contrary to what you say every day and like our interaction, I know mostly time I really don't talk about shit. I really don't. But I was like, oh shit, oh shit, like Brittany, Brittany came with it. You really came with it, in man. I, you know, God was speaking through me. I had a lot of my spirit. Okay, I finally got a chance to to uh, watch it. I was like, fuck. It was amazing. I was yeah. I was shocked. I didn't really in- anticipate it being as cohesive as it was because she's kind of done visual album stuff before. Yeah, and it was you know they, they were just literally just a different video. For yeah, for each every song. single song. Uh, but this is very different than that. And maybe yeah. like literally in each like each uh, segment felt extremely important, mm-hmm. uh, and they were all still very like easily tied together. It was just yeah. really really fucking I mean, well done. Really like. Really, truly, and honestly, I don't think anybody has really put together such a cohesive musical statement. You think about the movies, the musical movies that you that you like know and love. Yeah, and like I think back to obviously there's like Purple Rain, Rest yeah, in Peace, yeah, 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 uh, oh, Prince, Prince, yeah, but also like Moonwalker. I was gonna say Moonwalker, yeah, and Moonwalker, like, like it's like it's. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Like, he tried to do a lot. He was super ambitious. Ambitious. But it was very disjointed. And, like, some segments I just choose to forget. Like, when he turned into car and shit. But, you know, I mean, that's Michael Jackson being Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know? Again, I I would definitely agree. Like, this was, like, this was the most successful, Uh like, musical film, I think, that I've seen. Partly because she did remove some of the elements that, like, where other people really like trip up like yeah. there wasn't there wasn't like there no wasn't a plot plot or dialogue thank god yeah it, she didn't attempt to like do she did she stayed in her lane yeah 
And she found people that like that like helped like amplify what she already was kind of good at, and people who like are really good at the things that she doesn't know anything about. Yeah. And she was like, "Let's make something as good as it can possibly be." Yeah. And it was just, I mean, it was shot so well, colors like like the whole palette. She had a great who they had a great DP. Literally, and I think they probably used a few. They use a few people, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just really and the art direction really well was done. incredible. Like everything was just incredible. Yeah, and you could tell that there were different. She had worked with different people for different segments because yeah. you 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 were getting like wildly different visuals, but it still felt like a like an entire piece in and of itself. And the music itself was great. You know, I haven't always been the biggest Beyonce fan. I'm still yeah. not. I still wouldn't call myself like the biggest Beyonce fan. Yeah. I mean, I very much respect what she does and I appreciate like the vast majority of her music mm-hmm. and her impact and like symbolism. Yeah. But this was the first album from her that on first listen, I was like, oh, I really, really, really like this. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. even four, like now I like four is probably my favorite. Like I, I think which is yeah. very different for a lot of people. But uh-huh. four is probably my favorite album of mm-hmm. hers. But it's still like it still didn't have me the whole way through. But like this had me the whole way through. Like yeah. the production, the writing, like it's just expertly fucking done. It's very yeah. different. It sounds different, and all the songs sound different. Yeah. Like, she tried something different on almost every single track. I would have never said, if someone had ever said, describe a Beyonce album to me. Like, this would have never been in no. my mind as something she would do. What's your favorite uh, song? Don't Hurt Yourself is really good. That song is incredible. Incredible. Uh, but I actually I actually think it's Daddy Lessons. I was going to say, at my th- my th- oh, well, I go through, like, phases where which one is my favorite. Daddy Lessons is one that I listen to. Every single day, it's yeah. so beautiful. It's, it's such a beautiful song, gorgeous song. Like, and then the like, you know, folks call it a have called it a, like a hard country song, which to me, like, Did I hear s- that, but I don't. Have you seen the Dixie agree. Chicks cover of it? No, no, no. They covered it live, like maybe like a week after Lemonade came out. It was. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So full disclosure, sorry to just put my sister's business out there. My younger <laughs> sister, Tiffany, when we were growing up, country was her favorite really? genre. Yeah. So I grew up, we shared a bedroom, we shared yeah. television. So I grew up watching a lot of CMT. Trisha Yearwood, Garth Brooks. Like So even just like major people, but also like Faith Hill. Mm-hmm. Dixie Chicks was a huge one yeah. for us. Shania Twain. Country was huge, huge yeah. for me when I was a kid, and so like as soon as I heard Day Lessons, I was like, "She's this is a this is a this is like it was even more of a country song than a lot of pop country." Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I have, I have a different relationship with country. Like it, I mean, my like my grandfather growing up was like I mean he only watched CMT. Mm-hmm. Like he only only really watched CMT, and it was one of the things like where I was so young and I was. When I was discovering music, I was discovering like the music I was hand down, handed down to mm-hmm. me, like for my sister. Mm-hmm. So I very much was like, ah, that's like old people, yeah, like, old, old southern black, black people. people. A lot of people don't know old southern black people love really country love music. country. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, always, I kind of never really got like too into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard like some Dixie Chick stuff that I really mm-hmm. liked. And, Those like, girls, I would, I would like pay money to go see them. Yeah, honestly. And like some of the people who like cross over who probably like in the middle between pop and country, mm-hmm. but it was never, never anything that I've honestly really had a strong affinity for. Mm. Uh, but this was, this was just, I mean, it was a, it's just an awesome song. It's yeah. a beautiful song. Beautiful song. I also thought a lot of, so much of the conversation after the album came out, because she collaborated with Father John Misty and she like, you know, she interpolated uh, like melodies from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs mm-hmm. and obviously also Soldier Boy, but that's not what I'm gay at. But, and, you know, I'd say specifically the use of Jack White mm-hmm. and her mm-hmm. recording of a country song. Same people were like, oh, Beyonce's doing country? And I'm like, she's a black woman from Texas. <laughs> what is, 
Like, who is yeah, more qualified? Yeah, there's nothing strange about that to me at all. And also, like, a lot of people were like, oh, there's, you know, the strong Jack White influence on Don't Hurt Yourself or whatever. What is more What is more rock and roll than a black woman singing about getting cheated on? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I liked that she was reclaiming all these genres that people attribute to white men. Interesting. I had, I mean, I hadn't really thought about it like that. I mean, I definitely thought she. it was clear that she was kind of expanding the way that she expresses herself musically in mm-hmm. terms of those genres. I mean, I hadn't really thought about it like that. that was, really? That was That's really interesting. That was well but, um, but yeah, like I, I just felt like she was... I feel like she was finally like, yo, I want to I want to touch a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. you know? Like she's always done these really it's it's tough to say cohesive cuz that makes it seem like this album is disjointed, which is not. No. But but she's always done these relatively like focused mm-hmm. and specific albums where there's a a through line sonically, like like the like the rhythm or the melody, like there's something consistent yeah. between like like the tracks and the, the tracks. Style, yeah. And I, I've always kind of, I mean, I've kind of appreciated that because, like, in the case of Four, it was very, like, poppy. Yeah. Like, very poppy, very, like, R&B. And yeah. then with, like, Beyonce, we, these are the two that I'm probably the most familiar with. Mm-hmm. And then with the self-titled album, it was very dark, almost kind of, like, smooth in places. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, a very, uh, there wasn't a lot of, like, peaks in terms yeah. of, you, you know no, what I'm I know what you're saying. Like, there was a lot there. Like, I, it didn't, like, I thought it was really well done and there were parts where I felt a lot of emotionality from her but there was a there was not that raw yeah do you know what I'm saying I've seen her in live performances be extremely raw yeah it doesn't always make it to the album yeah and I felt that definitely made it into this album she was like let's put a little more feeling <laughs> into like, <laughs> so. every single song like even the ones where it was kind of like intentional step back like love drought yeah even that it's kind of like airy there's a lot of like almost ambient yeah, sounds yeah. in the background dude like there's so much feeling throughout the whole album it's like it's really intense it's, it's how people describe listening to an Adele album I know you're very rarely moved but I am <laughs> but it's an emotional experience listening to every single one of these tracks mm. yeah no I would deep. agree I definitely agree the thing about the album though that I found really interesting is that so it's presented obviously as a film yes if you like so I watched the film first mm-hmm. and my dumbass, I'm paying twenty dollars a month for a fucking title. The interesting yeah, thing exactly. about the the interesting thing to me about the music is that like when you listen to the album, it's this pretty straightforward Beyonce album. Like if you just listen to the songs, you know, they're really beautiful, they're really exciting, it's well done. But there's not necessarily it's not like you could sit down and listen to the like from beginning to end and and hear just with the songs this entire narrative. The narrative mm. came from the visuals. I don't know that I would say that. Like I hear it now. I wish I would have listened to, I don't know that I wish I would have listened to first in like a different order. Yeah. But having watched the having watched the the visual album mm-hmm. and then listened to the 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 album itself mm-hmm. musically, the musical album. Yeah. I can't separate the two now because of the fact like even the stuff where it like even the stuff where it's not explicitly yeah, talking about saying. infidelity, like it's just tied so like to me it was tied so well with the visual yeah. album. That that's in the back of my head informing how we got here. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, so I spent a lot of time, like, I watched the film a lot at first, but then also, like, my in between the first time I watched, the first two times I watched it, mm-hmm. I listened to the album. And I was like, this is, like, I get it. But also, like, this as an album, to me, like, like especially without the interludes, she had these mm, really beautiful yeah. interludes of poetry in the film, in between each song, as the film was moving from scene to scene, movement to movement. And that put so much context in as far as, like, this is explicitly about 
inf- yeah. like infidelity that like when you listen to the album without any like you're kind of moving from song to song and there is some narrative but like it's not quite as overt yeah. as it is when like the like the visuals they just make I'm doing the keep doing this bird man clap and like I, don't know I was associated with Stevie J. <laughs> go ahead, sorry. But yeah, no, the the visuals, like I mean, they like if you you could listen to the album and be like, oh, it's kind of about cheating. The visuals to me are what make it be like, this is about infidelity within a marriage. Yeah. And what happens. And what happens. <laughs> yeah. All of it. But yeah, I mean, you saw it more recently than I have. Yeah. I mean, I saw it more recently, and I, I watched it this morning again. <laughs> oh, you did? I'm curious. Like, I, I know that, like, to me, it was, like, really black. It was really about black women. Yeah. And by the time this will have come out, like, I already will have covered, I'll have spoken with a black woman on Sampler, which yeah. is going to be, it's a great episode. Y'all should listen to it. Uh, but I was, like, I found myself, I knew that you and I were going to talk about it, regardless. Yeah. I found myself really curious how the images struck you mm. As a black man, because like it's it's something that you're very close to, very like you know, yeah. being a black man in general, but also being married, having a sister, yeah, and yeah. having a daughter, like having three very close, and also like I know you, yeah. many of your close friendships, your closest friendships, yeah. are with women, yeah. So like you're close to us, but you don't have that first person <laughs> yeah. viewpoint. So I'm really curious how the images struck you. Well, you're right. I definitely come from, I was raised in a single parent home my mom and, with my mom and my sister. Uh-huh. And then even then, every summer we were going to, you know, what I call my, my, my grandmother's house, even though my grandfather was there most of the time until he uh-huh. passed. And we would hang out with my grandmother and my aunt and yeah. whatever cousins who else yeah. came through. But most of those were black women. Mm-hmm. So I spent majority, like majority of my time growing up was spent with black women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this felt extremely familiar but also kind of like in a weird way clarifying in the sense that you know as a kid growing up you hear things you know what i'm saying you're always listening yeah and you hear your mom you know talking to people maybe family or friends on the phone you go home it's like family like you hear everything but you don't understand you know what i'm saying yeah. like you're just in the mix so it's really you know it's always really interesting to me now to be like you said to be a black man who is married to a black woman comes from comes from black women yeah <laughs> and who has a daughter you know who will be a black woman yeah i'm connecting things to adult experience that i maybe have like seen from a distance mm. uh, if that makes any sense so yeah like so i see this and you know i have the benefit of some hindsight being like wow you know, like, wow, it's it's really, yeah. uh, in terms of putting in context the relationships between black women and how that comes together, and how so much of it often comes from struggle and this uh, desire to um, to maintain legacy and, yeah. and community. It was, I thought it was, like, really powerful in that regard. In addition, <laughs> hmm. yeah, I don't want this to seem more specific than it actually is. Like, in a vague way, it also felt a lot like an indictment. Uh, that's what I, that's what I'm curious about. So you know to jump into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because this, you, I just want you to know, you are the first black man, period, outside of my dad, really, that like a first American black man that I've spoken to about lemonade. It's also it's not just a black female experience. Also, I'd say even more specifically, it's a black Southern American female yeah. narrative. I'm very curious about how you, as a black American, straight black man, yeah feel about the indictment part you the first this is the first like this is the first 
wave of reaction that I'm getting. <laughs> and this, so I'm sitting, I'm, I'm ready. Well, I was happy about it. I was conflicted. So I, let me tell you, I was happy about it. I was conflicted. I was inspired to a degree. And I'll talk okay. through those relatively quickly. So I was happy about it because you have experiences. You go through life and you make decisions, right? Like I've been yeah. in relationships. This would be straight up. I've been in relationships where, you know, I haven't been the best person. I haven't been the best partner. Okay. You've been witness. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been also, witness. you've often, you know, been like, well, what's going on there? What do you, what, what's <laughs> yeah. your goal with this? What is your goal? You see, you know, you see the reaction and the fallout to that behavior. Yeah. And you don't see it stylized. You know what I'm saying? You see it. You see what it's like, like in real life. You see yeah. it in those moments yeah. that, that aren't necessarily strung together as cohesively. So I, wasn't, I wouldn't say that was what made me happy, but I was, it was nice to see that entire experience. And I'm not talking about from my side, but mm-hmm. for black women to have that and that be okay. Like yeah. I knew it. I knew in seeing that, that, you know, portraying yeah. this entire experience. And that was like, that was exciting for me. Even the, even 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 though it was like, Saying to men or to a man, you know, you kind of ain't about shit. I'm talking about more so the first half of the movie. But <laughs> yeah. it was, that was, you know, I was excited to see that, to see, you know, I'm excited for the black women that I know to to have that mental and visual language. Mm-hmm. And to have Beyonce, the you know, like maybe not even arguably, like the most important like pop star, yeah, of right, our time of our time yeah. right now, be the person to take that on yeah. and put that out there. Such a at such a high level. At such a high level was was really fascinating. I was trying to think back to like you know there there are examples of kind of narratives like this, but like you know oh. you think about like the color purple, yeah. like you know in terms of visual language and things that talk about black women and black communities mm-hmm. and how they relate. I also think about things like fried green tomatoes, you know, yeah, like how to make American quilt, all that yeah, kind of stuff. You know, Even musically like Lauren Hill and Erica Badu, but but it's, this is different. This is different. This is definitely different. But it was exciting to see that and have it be so clear, so cohesive and so out there and know that this is gonna be pervasive. Like this is gonna this is gonna be the thing for a while that people look to and yeah. discuss was was exciting. It made me happy. And then I felt guilty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like uh because I've had those experiences where I've been the person to to inflict this sort of reaction. Yeah. And that was that was tough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean it was it was really difficult because you know, it's it's difficult to see like hold, hold up, up, yeah. Where she's in a yellow dress with the baseball bat. Yeah, yes. yeah, hot sauce. It's difficult to see that. <laughs> really? It, it well, I mean I've seen it. <laughs> I've I've I've, you know, I, I know, but I've also like I've been that. Well, I mean, I think I, I don't think there's a black man who's tried to live the life, quote unquote. You know, what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. who's been out there mixing, who hasn't seen or caused that. You know, what I'm saying, yeah. like in some way, shape, or form. But you often don't. You often like. I mean, honestly, at that time, I thought I knew what was happening, but this person didn't. Wait, and what do you mean? You thought you so didn't... like like visualizing that in that way and portraying it as kind of crazy as as she did. Yeah, really shows that like you're causing someone to knowingly and feel like they're losing their mind and express that. Does wow. that make sense? Wow, you know, like I'm my mind. I'm gonna like my mind is blown right now, just because so much of like being in a relationship and like a like a male female romantic relationship as a woman it's just like load bearing and it like I you are one of the people I hold most dear I trust your judgment I do I trust your judgment I tr- but like 
it's very <laughs> interesting that like this visualization caused like still even the tiniest of light bulbs to come on. Well, I mean, no, I know you know it logically, but then you saw it and you were like, mm. well, again, having like, you know, I mean, we often talk in terms of media. We talk in terms of music. We talk in terms of movies, yeah. art, books, and. Again, that just gives me some sort of like specific reference to what I've seen and experienced in the world. Like that's how that's how we talk. That's yeah. reason for this yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, so seeing that, I haven't seen something like that crystallize in that way. That's as relatable to my age and like yeah. experiences and what I've been through. At yeah, that time. it hadn't all lined up in that particular <sighs> way. I mean, I knew obviously knew before that like I'm not trying to cause something no, to be but crazy. No, like, but this visual. But this visual was very striking. It reached right down into those memories and was like, take a look at take a look at what you did. <laughs> you know? That's very interesting. And that and that was I mean, it was difficult to watch. It was difficult to watch and and feel like you had inspired these feelings in someone else. And these are interesting. You know, I've been with real people. Like and I actually I was listening to there's this American Life episode that was talking about like in defense of ignorance. Stephanie Fu was doing a story about people who didn't have the ability to forget memories. As a part of like telling that story, she told a story about a relationship that she had had. Uh-huh. Um, and she thought back to this guy was a douchebag, this guy was an asshole after they broke up because that was the way that helped her feel most mm-hmm. distant from the relationship and kind of move forward. And a lot of times that, that felt very familiar to me because a lot of times, you know, you, you'll look back at like an ex or something you'd be like oh yeah kind of crazy yeah it, but the, you know what watching a video like hold up does is be like well you kind of made that person crazy <laughs> you know what i'm saying and, and, and not yeah. to say that these people are still like that i'm i'm very like the same way i've grown and moved past these experiences yeah, i bet yeah. they have too but at the time I, I probably made a couple people crazy at least for a moment in time you did yeah yeah and you know I, like not to say that I didn't feel guilty about it then, and I haven't felt any guilt since then, but it was just kind of bringing that bringing that back to light. Yeah. You know, it's kind of putting it at the forefront, which is something I think which is something a lot of men have to confront. It was really interesting because, like, mm, like for me watching it, it brought back a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It brought back like the it brought back it brought back the immediacy of the emotions. I think of cheating in general, infidelity, whether it's emotional or physical, yeah. is I think of it as a triangle, right? Mm-hmm. The you're the cheater, yeah. you are the person being cheated with, or yeah. you're the person being cheated on. Mm-hmm. In different okay, so like, you know, whatever, I'm twenty eight. It, over the course of my dating life, so let's say I would say probably it didn't get popping until about a decade, mm-hmm. eleven years ago. I have been in all three positions. I would say the lead. I something I really strongly. Reject, I never am going to be the other the person. I I don't do the whole quote unquote other woman garbage bullshit. Mm-hmm. I've had some people really try to try to pop that off. Yeah, <laughs> and like that's just not something. That's like against my moral code. It's something that I won't do. I re- like I think of it like I will make my own mess. I will not help you make yours. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, that's just, a good way to put. It. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I can be responsible for my own shit. If I decide I want to do something that doesn't make any sense, I can live with those consequences because I've made that choice. Yeah. I'm not going to be gone. I don't know what you have going on. I'm not about to be brought into all your bullshit and all your mess. Yeah. And if you're going to be so ratchet with on this other person, why should I spend any time with you? Yeah. Right. Like, so I think about it two specific ways. It's very easy to cross boundaries. It's yeah. very easy. 
you I read this actually this really good Tanahasi wrote about this when back when he before he was like you know became like the yeah. go-to race guy he used to write about a bunch of different stuff especially I think on his Atlantic blog yeah and one of the things that he talked about I can't remember what it was like something about moral judgment yeah it was this idea I think he got from reading about murder or something like that it's you don't walk through it's not like there's a doorway mm-hmm. and then on one side you're like oh cheating is terrible on mm-hmm. the other side you're like this is awesome this is great it's like you walk through several doors right yeah. where like it's okay to keep in contact with somebody that maybe you used to kick it with yeah and then like you walk through another door and it's okay for them to contact you at three o'clock in the morning mm. and then it's okay for you to respond at three o'clock in the morning and then it's okay for y'all to be talking on the phone and then it's okay for you to meet up in person and then it's okay for you to meet up later in person it's okay for you not to mention that any of this to your partner yeah. and th- you know what i'm saying it's yeah. like you walk through a series like it's not what it is it's like the, ch- the decision to cheat is not made when you know someone's penis is inside you or you put your penis in somebody else or you do any number of things with any number of kinds of genitals that you have. It's the decision is made when you decide you're going to go have a drink with this person or when you decide or or when you have the first drink and that's fine. But when you're like, let's have another. Yeah. Like the decision is made then. So like it's very easy to cheat, number one, and it's super pervasive. And it's yeah. something that like I think everybody is touched by. And like the guilt is crazy, I'm sure. And you feel, you know, whatever. But nothing feels worse than somebody betraying you. And the thing about cheating is not just like, or infidelity or whatever. It's not just like the... It's not just like the transgression. It's also like someone is not there for you and you needed them to be there for you. I mean, you know, people, human beings go through any number of things. You know what I'm saying? And you need your partner to be there for you. And when they're not, like, it's not just like they decided to spend time with this other person. and But it's like they were doing that at the expense of the support that you needed. And I've been in a situation where I was going through something extremely difficult. And my partner at the time was not there for me. Yeah. And that was already bothering me enough. And then, if, you know, to find out that I was not the sole focus of their yeah. attention, right? It was, it's shattering in a way that you can't, I can't even describe. And so when I watched that and I saw the feelings come back, like I felt those feelings come back and I saw the immediacy of her anger. And like, I'll admit the first time that I watched it, I didn't watch it on Twitter. So I didn't get, I thought it was an extended allegory about survival and, you know what I mean? And like, in like resurrection. And mm-hmm. I didn't think of it necessarily as her life story or anything like that. But yeah. still, I thought it was a very convincing portrayal and the music and the images were brilliant. It just reminded me of how, how I never want to feel that way again. And how scary it is that it's always possible. And that you, like, like I think of trust as like, you have faith that your partner will respect your relationship in any context you also have faith that your partner will make the right choices and not and not put him or herself in a position to disrespect your relationship but you have no control over that and if you want to remain in a healthy relationship you cannot you can place reasonable boundaries you know together as a couple but you can't place certain boundaries on another person you have trusting just means like i believe that you're doing what you say you're doing and that you're going to continue to do that for the foreseeable future but like you don't you don't know you never know the fact that like i'd never seen it so well portrayed like that feeling yeah i had never seen it so well portrayed musically and visually simultaneously i had never felt people people sing about getting cheated on beyonce her damn self has been singing about, i said this, she's been singing about getting cheated on for her entire career that's how yeah. she's made her money but like she's been singing about getting cheated on by jay-z because he's like you know a central figure in a lot of her music mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not it's true you you implicitly just assume that that's who she's talking about jay-z the real person or jay-z the character still is just something about it just just even the visual of her at the baseball bat when someone has 
betrayed you in a very intense and deep and personal way, you want nothing more than to pick up a weapon. And destroy. Not shoot somebody. You want to actually feel something being destroyed. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's interesting where you put, even to come back a little bit, not to the last thing that you said, but like talking about how like the lingering threat of infidelity is kind of always there. I mean, that actually wasn't my takeaway. Uh, like, I mean, it, it, yeah. not to say that it's not the takeaway, but it, well, it, it's, it's one of them. It's that wasn't them. my, that wasn't my, th- like, that wasn't my initial takeaway at all. Yeah. Only after repeated, repeated viewings and then really logically kind of putting together the likelihood that, uh, that like, that relates back to her life. Yeah. At first I was like, you know, I don't know if she'd put her business out there. But then you have to consider, like, I saw who said this on Twitter, Corporate Barbie, where she was just like, Regular people, regular dudes cheat in the in the six to eight year, you know, seven year itch period. Yeah. And also, like, after, shortly after you have a child. Yeah. Like, that's a thing that regular dudes do. So why not this rich and powerful man? And also, too, putting that out there was like saying to any side chick, do you know what I'm saying? Come out. Yeah. Come out, come out wherever you are. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like you have to have a, an insane le- amount of security in your relationship to place yourselves in those particular roles in such a realistic way. Like, that leads me to now believe this really is probably about their life. At least semi, at least semi-autographed. Yeah, at least semi. Like it, it didn't come out of thin air. I yeah. guess is what I mean. No, I, I mean I completely agree. I, th- I guess for me it was more so like, this is what happens. Well, you're in a different. I'm in. A, I'm, so, I'm saying I'm in a different position. Like for yeah. me it was like, fuck, man. This this is this is what happened. I mean the end, the reconciliation isn't always what happens. But yeah. I, you know, I think for a lot of men we primarily focused on the like the anger and the aftermath and the, the apathy. Yeah, you know that she that that part of the cycle mm-hmm. because for me as a married man as a newly married man like I mean obviously I'm not out there trying to mix and be in the mix I just no. want honeymoon I'm doing good but <laughs> but seeing that visual of mine is like fuck man don't blow your life up like, no seriously seriously don't blow your life up because like fuck like I said I I've, I've done that before I've seen that and she talks about that being a pattern like daddy lessons is like this is a pattern. You know, I've seen that pattern. I, you know, there's a lot of black men who are very familiar with that pattern. Like, yeah. You see somebody else do it. Oh, man, that looks bright and shiny. You start doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not it's not a fun experience in the moment. But for some reason, when you have some distance between it, you forget. Mm. It allows you to continue that cycle and you don't even realize you're participating in it until you're in the fallout again. I'm, I'm, I feel happy that I'm, that I look back enough uh-huh. on my own behavior to feel like... I can avoid that type of pattern. Uh-huh. But seeing it again, seeing the fallout is like, fuck, man. Yep. Don't want to go back there. Yeah. Like, that's not, I'm not trying to stress my wife out like that. Yeah. Like that. Hey, this is Jeff Lewis from Radio Andy. Live and uncensored, catch me talking with my friends about my latest obsessions, relationship issues, and bodily ailments. With that kind of drama that seems to follow me, you never know what's going to happen. You can listen to Jeff Lewis live at home or anywhere you are. Download the SiriusXM app for over 425 channels of ad-free music, sports, entertainment, and more. Subscribe now and get three months free. Offer details apply. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
Not everything in life is flexible, but at Capella University, your education can be. With our game-changing FlexPath learning format, you're empowered to fit education into your life without putting other priorities on hold. FlexPath lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them when needed. You can take courses at your own speed and move on to the next one when you're ready. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Steep. The thing that freaks me out, I guess, is like, so, you know, we discussed, not like in depth before, but like I'm in a relationship now, yeah, which I haven't always been over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. And I understand how easy it is to fuck that sort of thing up, right? Yeah. And at any point I was dishonest in a relationship. Yeah. I'm glad that it happened back when I was younger because it's one of those, it, like, it, I learned a lot from the experience, right? Just keeping my own boundaries and trusting my own judgment. Yeah. I feel like actually because I have been dishonest before mm-hmm. that like I have a much better perspective on how to keep my side of the street clean. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? I know how to stay out of trouble, yeah. but I also know how easily trouble comes. What freaks me out is just sort of it's like so likely that in any relationship one person is going to cheat or get cheated on. I don't know. I feel like almost powerless in the like on one hand I feel like I have I have this under control. Yeah. But on the other hand, I feel like I'm powerless in the face of this thing that probably is going to touch my life at some point. Again. I will say that, like, like I mean, I'm married right now. I'm newly married. But, you know, I've been in my relationship for a decent amount of time. Yeah. And I will say that there is a bit of distance between, like, for me, and I hope for my wife, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. there's there's a there's a, a reasonable amount of distance from this being a looming a looming thing like it's something that obviously you consider and that could happen but it's like it's not as it's not as heavy see it wasn't really on my mind until I yeah that's what I'm saying and like this brought, brought this shit it brought back a lot of it brought it really brought a lot of things it's just like it's just like weird because like I never want to feel that again yeah even like the second half of it yeah which I found to be so impressive and I found to be such a reversal of this narrative of like you're a woman and you get cheated on and you get angry and that's the end and you're sad and that's the end. I love the fact that the second half is like this whole thing where she retreats into herself. She focuses on her work. She feels the anger. She feels the emptiness. She feels the sadness. She feels missing the other person. She even reconciles with the person. But then pushes beyond that and continues to, like she sequesters herself off on a plantation with a whole bunch of other black women and creates and creates from this place of terror, right? Yeah. Not just terror in her relationship, but actual like the geographical location, a plantation in yeah. Louisiana. Like the terror of this location and turns it into a space of healing. Turns her pain in her relationship into this like creates a space of healing for herself. And then like continues to heal with the other women that she surrounded herself with, even after she's reconciled. Then she waxes about the beauty of her love right in the in the last second to last song all night and then she's back to beyonce form right in formation like she does the full 360 degrees so i still have this this understanding that something somebody mistreats you life goes on and you can continue like 
whether you open up your heart to love this other person again and to mm-hmm. try to repair your relationship or whether you just open up your heart in general and just not become because I definitely understand from my just speaking for myself it's very easy to become cold and hard and closed off and to not trust yourself not trust your own judgment not trust a partner mm-hmm. it's a it's fucking hard I've been going based I've been having these weird mood swings yeah. since lemonade where it's like can you trust anybody is every does is everyone a piece of shit and like <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like, my life is fine. My relationship is fine. And if anything happens, I'm going to be okay. And I've literally been, I like just to fully, like I've just been going back and forth between those two spaces. And I never was thinking like, oh, I want to watch Beyonce's new album and I'm going to feel this thing. But the thing that I, I also took away from this is like, I mean, I definitely saw where she retreated into herself. And a lot of it is about her finding kind of solace in her community and using that to like, build themselves back up but I also it also made me partnership and you know how like for me like infidelity is very is something that affects your partnership obviously mm-hmm. infidelity causes you to reassess what your partnership means to both people you know what it means to you what it means to yeah. that person and what what it means to be together and so I thought this was really interesting I also really appreciated the back half for how it to me, also focused on partnership. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember which one it is. Sandcastles, where they talk yeah. about like this promise that you make. You know, uh, every promise don't work out that way, and like dealing with dealing with like what it means to really. I'm I'm with someone. I like what I talked about. This meaning is now bigger and different than what I anticipated, and I yeah. need to deal with the impact of that. Like that was really really powerful for me. Like. I was re- I had been reading. I told you I was reading this book and it was fucking me up. Uh-huh. Um, it's White Girls by Hilton Halls, which is excellent, uh-huh. amazing book. I've like, heard amazing book. It literally blows my mind all the time. But so in this book, he talks about uh, he talks about he talks about marriage. He's a, he's a gay man, and so this book describes like I think what gay I black man too gay black man. Uh-huh. Um, it it describes love and partnership in a way like in a language that I wasn't as familiar with, obviously. Uh-huh. I mean, partly is his approach, his artistry, uh-huh. but a, a, a part of it is I don't know what it's like to be a gay black man, uh-huh. you know? Um, but I found it really, I found it really, really interesting and intriguing. I, I identified a lot with it, especially when he talked about marriage. Uh, and he describes marriage in this, in this way that I never kind of thought about before, uh-huh. which was as a twinship. So he describes the concept of twins as being like the first like real, real partnership. If you think about twin, like twins as a concept, you know, uh-huh. they are together from the womb. Yeah. And he also talks about twins as like, you know, people misconstrue what it means to be a twin. They're not just alike. They're just, they, they have this connection, but they're very, very different. Yeah. And so he had this passage, I'm gonna read it real quick. I've always thought of twinship by birth or choice as a kind of marriage. Another metaphor that sustains some of us. As metaphors go, marriage, twins joined by a ring and flesh, has always been attractive to me. The pomp and the circumstance, the illusion veil and the orange blossom, the rice landing on sanctioned heads like a hard rain, as I and I become we if they weren't born that way. So that was real deep to me. Like the pomp and the circumstance, he's talking about like all the things that we like identify as being what marriage is and two people joining together. And yeah. like two people are very different. Yeah. But he then talks about how those things fade away very quickly. Yeah. And then you have to decide like, why am I with this person? How are we like, how are we together? How are we connected? And basically what he comes back to is like this twinship. Mm-hmm. That connection is something that 
Like when you are a twin with someone, it doesn't really break. It changes. And so I thought this was really interesting in terms of her having this event that caused her to reevaluate kind of her partnership with this person, her twinship, if you will, Mm -hmm. and deciding that like in spite of that, they need to work through it. Yeah. Um, So anyway, it just made me think about being a partner with someone and like having to assess the hard things that make you really like expand your language in terms of what a partnership means. Mm -hmm. And it really kind of hit me in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. I thought it was like, I thought it was really, really fascinating. And in addition to the patterns, like, so you described the 360 part, right? Uh Uh-huh. This is like all 360 degrees of it. But the other thing that I thought, and and as a man I, I connected with, is her describing, like there's a, the pieces where she describes the patterns that she see, that she saw in yeah. Jay-Z and her father and like what that, <sighs> yeah. what that meant. Like that was really fucking tough, but that spoke to me. Like I've seen that pattern. I don't know a black man who hasn't seen that pattern, mm-hmm. but we often don't necessarily escape it and don't realize that you're passing it down. Like to make a, a weird connection, like if you talk about like uh, love and hip hop, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I know a little bit about it. But <laughs> yeah. um, like Peter Guns, is mm-hmm. he's this like I, I mean I call him a tragic figure. I don't mean that in a way that's like lifting him up, but yeah. he's like legitimately a tragic figure. I agree. I agree. <laughs> like he has like like I'm gonna say nine or ten kids by mm-hmm. many women. Yeah. And he continuously gets into these cycles where he is establishing like a really tight love, and then betraying that woman usually by producing another child yeah and especially in in the show going back and forth between two women and he has a conversation with his his daughter about him him supposedly having a vasectomy so he can stop this cycle Mm -hmm. and it makes me so sad yeah and she is talking to him about the fact that like i don't know why you haven't realized you need to do this sooner like how old is she she's like an adult and she's like, I'm having these problems with the men that I that I find because I'm recognizing they're like you. And that hurts me. Yeah. That I haven't been able to get this distance and that you don't even recognize it. And you're still doing it. He was distraught in this conversation. He's, he's crying. He's like, I don't want this for you. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I never wanted to make you feel like this. Yeah. Uh, it was a really intimate moment. And then, you know, a few months later... Literally at the reunion, it comes out that he's having another kid. He didn't even have the vasectomy that he, it seemed like, had really finally realized was the, was the thing that kind of needed to happen to, yeah. to stop the impact of these bad decisions he was making. It's so, what's crazier is that he feels so out of control of his own body yeah. that a vasectomy seems like that's the... That's, the, that's like, the thing that needs to happen. Yeah. But, I mean, it... it it is to the point where he refuses to acknowledge yeah. the other shit. Well, he obviously inherit like like that's something that like he's an addict. Yeah, he is an addict, but also like it's likely that that's a, like you mentioned like a behavior that he picked up from his family somewhere. Exactly. And what's crazy is that like I'm sure he's probably had some type of conversation with his daughter before about what kind of guy she should be dating. Yeah, most fathers do. And what's funny and like one of the things I really enjoyed about Daddy Lessons is that. She, you know, the lyrics are, when trouble comes to town, men like me come around. Like, yeah. this is Beyonce's father speaking. My daddy said, shoot. Basically meaning, like, if you meet a man like me, like, I love you, you're my daughter, I'm raising you, but if you meet a man like me, shoot him dead. Yeah. Get rid of him. Stay away. And it's just like, <sighs> I mean, like, it makes me think again about, like, the emotional work. Instead of just choosing to be different or encouraging the people around you to be different or raising your sons differently, you instead, like the same way that a vasectomy seemed like the most logical choice for Peter Guns, yeah. 
the most logical choice for conversation that in, in within the 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 world of daddy lessons the most logical conversation that you can have with your daughter is like not even like this is what you might want to be looking for in a partner or this person should make you feel this way if you meet a man like me stay away shoot you know i mean watching that as a father yeah like as a father to a girl now was like whoa i don't ever want to have to have that conversation with my child i don't ever want to have my child have to look at me and think this is what i don't need in my life yeah you know yeah and that like that was really really that shit was really powerful and then to see like even you know kind of the generational aspects of that like now uh beyonce's dad is a grandfather you know and he's you know potentially having to have those conversations with another child that's another opportunity to break this pattern and break this cycle. I thought that was like an amazingly powerful and even her showing all the different vignettes showing like different different men uh, I imagine like New Orleans or yeah. like Houston and just how pervasive this is. It comes in many different forms. It looks very different, yeah. you know, for everybody, but that pattern is is the same and it's like it's something as a man I look for is like I really have to figure out. I mean, honestly, there are there are a lot of patterns I'm trying to break. Uh, yeah. from I think we all have that problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, that's that's one I don't want to establish and it's one I, I definitely want to make sure it's not cyclical within my within my child. It's just like it was um when you like talk about like a partnership and redefining your partnership in what the wake of infidelity, it's like one of those so much I think, especially of like heteronormative love mm-hmm. is not even about partnership. It's about like, what can you get? Like, what are you getting? Mm-hmm. And marriage is still a funny concept for me. Like, I do want to get married because yeah. I like right now, that's like the most official way to acknowledge and solidify a partnership for me. Mm-hmm. And that's not that. That's nobody. I'm not saying that anybody else feels that way, yeah. but for me, that's something. It's a goal of mine. It's something that I want. But like, I think like, you know, obviously there's like the real historical implications of marriage and like, you know what I'm saying? Like dowries and you're getting a daughter is someone to be given away, something to be given away. But then also like, it also kind of makes me think about when we were talking about um, formation mm-hmm. um, and how a lot of people were upset with Beyonce being so capitalistic. But also, like I mentioned, that like money is something that allows you a level of independence within like our capitalist structure, like that you really kind of need as a woman to cover your ass and and have that to fall back on. It came back up in uh, Don't Hurt Yourself when she's like, you know, keep your money. I have my own, Mm -hmm. you know, keep a bigger smile on my face being alone. It kind of like, yeah, this woman does make a lot of money. I'm sure she makes it because it's fun and because like, why the fuck not? You know what I mean? But also like. Thinking of Beyonce as somebody who, even in the face of Jay-Z, is like, I don't fucking need you. I don't fucking need you. Like, it, like, when you, like, so much of being in a relationship, especially a heteronormative relationship, is like, is like, and sometimes, a lot of times still for women, being able to have access to something that you may not otherwise. Mm -hmm. So whether it be financial stability, uh, the ability to take care of your nuclear family unit independent of your uh, extended family or your parents, home ownership, travel, you know, even just speaking like subjectively, a more exciting lifestyle that maybe you could afford on your own because of the way that like just sexism, misogyny in general, even just like opportunity inequalities and like economic inequalities like even just the wage gap it's so like a lot for a lot of women like getting married is a goal still because it's something that allows you a life that you may not have access to otherwise just because of the way that our society is set up and then you know for a man i don't really quite always know what 
the the I guess it's like a part. It's like a for a lot of men, it can be like a part of a package. I guess it's like a. It can be like getting married can be a status thing, and also like having the security of knowing that somebody is gonna be there for you no matter yeah. what. And like someone's gonna like even now we live in a, I guess a technically a more egalitarian society. Someone is gonna be there to help you, or to primarily raise your children, and and infidelity being something that you tacitly accept as a woman is part of what keeps that idea of marriage and keeps that idea of relationships going, right? Yeah. Like it all like all of those pieces interlock. But like like I guess when you take the economic dependence out of it, your partner is somebody who is in your life based upon their behavior and not what mm. they can provide you. Yeah. Not even what they can provide you in like when you think of like an eleven hip hop type of way. Yeah. But what they can actually just provide you to survive. In most people's cases, it's like all you're left with is the way that they treat you and their behavior. And like, that's not a way that most people are used to looking at relationships. And that was something that did kind of come up in the second half when she chooses to like the choice to reconcile is like something that you obviously see that Beyonce did not have to do. Yeah. Yeah, she's so, Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's something. Yeah, because she's Beyonce, and, and because she can be independent of her partner, it was just really interesting to me that like that that was even a piece of it. Just yeah. sort of like this, like I don't like you know like, you've cheated on me, and in the traditional sense, I should still need you, but I don't. Mm. Right. Yeah. So like, what are we left with? What are you going to do? And that's when you get into the calf kissing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's well, when you get into the yeah. Calves, uh, it's a lot of women out there could send, you know, calves feeling dry. <laughs> calves <laughs> feeling mad dry texts. But I don't know. I mean, I guess she still does choose to work it out with Jay-Z. Obviously, she's chosen in real life as yeah. far as we all know. And she chose on the album to get, like, to stay with him or whatever. But, like, reconcile. a lot of women have to reconcile, but she chose to. What does that even mean? What well, does that even mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I don't, if, 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 like... Yeah, what does that what does that mean? What does that look like? Why do you do it? I mean, I'm not saying I necessarily no, 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 would no, no, or no. wouldn't do the same thing, but just like Yeah. No, I mean I I mean honestly, I mean I I don't know. Literally, I have I mean obviously I haven't had to I haven't had I haven't had a major event. You know what I'm saying where reconciliation is the thing that made a difference in in my partnership. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like yeah. usually the thing happens is the impact and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like, luckily, I'm you know blessed that hasn't come up in you know in our situation right now, as especially as a result of my behavior. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but but that that's the thing about that's why I say like that's why it's really interesting to have to like to get to that moment and to have it visualized getting to that moment, and then having to reassess your partnership because like you don't have any real bearing. Any, I didn't have any real basis on like what taking that step back reassessing this partnership mm -hmm. and deciding it needs to stay looks like yeah you hope that no matter what happens that that's the decision that you will make yeah but you don't know how to at least i don't know how to actually do that work oh damn you know what i'm saying yeah. and that is that's a fascinating thing obviously it's like summarized in this type of narrative yeah. but it was an awesome thing to see and it was also awesome to see jay-z like that—that that was his like way of showing that he he was doing the work. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. And that it goes on like it goes on both sides. What do you think though? Because that's the other thing. A lot of people were like, oh, Jay-Z shows up for one scene. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, one scene. and I'm a I'm a black woman who's 28, okay? I've been listening to Jay-Z almost my entire for 20 yeah. fucking years I'm listening to Jay-Z. He's a cocky ass motherfucker. Yeah. And so to see an image of him at his wife's feet. So right? vulnerable. So vulnerable after she decimated him for about 35 minutes, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Like, that was one of those things that where everyone's like, oh, that was one scene. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, sit there and sit in that scene for a second. I wonder, is that going to be lost on a lot of people? I don't... And a lot of men? And also, like, what does that... Like, I want to know, like, okay, so... Like, I just want to... I'm curious as to what that part... Like, if there were men who even really understood the weight of that visual no, I, and how that might apply to their own lives. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I definitely think there were, and there were a lot. Like, I mean, obviously in terms of, in terms of men and what we focused on and identify with, that was one of the pieces that I think a lot of men actually spoke to. Yeah. Real talk, being my age, who did you look up to? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, but fucking yeah, Jay-Z. Yeah. And even like, even before then, like, you know, Jay-Z was this revered figure. And even when they got together, it was it, his his presence in that relationship was also very interesting. Like, there used to be articles talking about how Jay-Z's body language was always so weird when they were perform initially. Yeah. Because he wouldn't like he wouldn't look at her. He was always kind of like standing, like, oh, I'm this cool dude. And yeah. she was like dancing around or like, you know, kind of yeah. on him. But it was like a lack of acknowledgement that like, yo, y'all are y'all yeah, are both equals. in this yeah. together and equals. But like What's interesting is like now that that body language, that interaction between them, mm. like at least, you know, from a performative standpoint, is very different. It's very different. And that especially is like fucking inconceivable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. considering who he was. And, you know, I see that and I see shirking a lot of the hyper masculinity of hip hop and rap. Uh-huh. And I also see shirking like a lot of the shit that came before. Because real talk, that that cocky bravado that big I am. Yeah. yeah, big pimping lifestyle started a long time before that. Yeah. You know? Like you think about like the black exploitation movies of the oh, 70s. It's broke motherfuckers who are old and over 60 who yeah. have been living the life. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that 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 uh portrayal, that person. Uh, has existed for a long time, but Jay Z yeah. is one of the most recent and most popular, most successful manifestations of that. So, yeah. so to see him shirk that, I don't think it was lost on a lot on I a think, lot of black men. I agree. And actually, now that you think, now you put it that way, I think that there, there I think that there seemed to be a pretty strong reaction though to be like kind of like rejecting this because you know again as we've spoken about yeah. before, women like Beyonce, so Beyonce must be dumb. Exactly. And yeah. um, yeah, and so like Beyonce made something that got a lot of. A lot of women like, yeah. um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just on edge. It's some folks that had some. It's, it's some relationships that had some difficult conversations in, in the past, <laughs> like what two weeks? Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. No, seriously, yeah. it's crazy. I never would have fucking thought, but like seriously, yeah. Like there's people have been. Uh, there's been some awkward silences. She fucked up a lot of people's late April, early May. Hey. <laughs> like. Hey. <laughs> Fucked up a lot. It's a very interesting that Beyonce dropped this right as cuffing season is coming. Right? <laughs> so but, I want to I want to talk about something else though. Yeah. So obviously this is like foreign about black women, but there was something really interesting. And so like there's a lot going on with that. Beyonce's gotten a lot of criticism and flack in the past for wanting to be white, seeming white, mm-hmm. not like being basically not being black enough. And so I found Two major things really important. I want to get to both of them, but there's one I want to focus on in particular. Uh, I'll breeze past the first one for now. She had a wide range of different 
types and ages of black women yep. in there. And like she put she was aligning them all with herself, sort mm-hmm. of like I am just like them, they are me, we are peers. But also there's a specific line. Everybody's talked about it, Becky with the good hair. Yeah. And I really I like, you know, I I heard it and I was like, oh, I know that bitch. <laughs> And if I saw her day in the street, she'd probably still get slapped out by me. Yeah. But also, I know what it feels like to have, like, 10 times over. I know what it feels like to be dating somebody or to have a partner who clearly prefers somebody who looks like they are not of your racial group, right? And it fucks you up in a way that I cannot describe. To have somebody tell you that they love you or that they care about you or they think you're beautiful or they think you're interesting or whatever— but to know that they are, but still have them be in subtle ways, highly critical of you as, and, and your blackness and having that be. I, I dated somebody for a while where I didn't realize, I saw them after, you know, we stopped like hanging out or whatever. There's a, a way that you can, like there's a protective style twist your hair. My hair is twisted right now. I have a baseball cap on. Two strand twists. All black women know what it means. You're putting your hair in twists and then, you yeah. know, you, it's wet and then it dries. You untwist it. And sometimes your hair can have like a more consistent or um, looser, it can appear to have a looser curl pattern. Mm -hmm. When I was dating this person, I didn't realize until after it was over, I consistently twisted my hair. Because on some level, I felt like... Damn. Yeah, right, right, right. On some level, I felt like, I just don't... I don't feel comfortable with this person just seeing me as I am because I don't feel like that's enough for this person. I don't feel like that's right for this person. I don't think it's beautiful enough for this person. Then I saw them afterward, and they're like, your hair's so curly. And I was like, this is what my hair actually looks like. Yeah. You made me feel like that was terrible. On some real shit, when some shit really went down, I've had to look at somebody in the face and just tell them, you made me feel terrible for being black. That's a fucked up way to feel. And so it's interesting to see that Beyonce felt, you know what I'm saying? On some level, like you, she's felt that this woman who like with this long flowing blonde hair and you know what I'm saying? Who for many black men who have, for many black men who who don't also, but for many black men who do have insecurity issues and self-hate issues yeah. that they like then foist upon the women in their lives, like she's still the ideal for them in a lot of ways. And to have her feel like, I'm still not good enough for you because I look too black, that's some real, that's some real deep shit. And it got me thinking about um, somebody who people have been shitting on a lot, who I will never say a sideways word about this person and what they've chosen to do with their body, is Lil' Kim. Mm. And... People will have been sitting around and fucking laughing at this woman. Yeah. For living out basically the entire life cycle, or maybe not even the entire life cycle, but a lot of the life cycle of the this like narrative arc that Beyonce gave us with Lemonade. Well, Kim's obviously lived that out. She's spoken before in interviews about how the dude like she's had her father, all the men that she's dated in her life tell her that she was too black and ugly. Yeah. Notorious B.I.G. Yeah, Faith. Look a little different. Told little little Kim. Kim, right? Told little Kim that she's too black and ugly. Yeah, and left her for Faith Evans, who yeah. I think is bi- I think is biracial, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Faith Evans, who's you know lighter skin, and she and, and and Kim said like I always was like cheated on and left for cheated with like you know the guys were always cheating on me with um, and leaving me for more European looking women, mm-hmm. and you see how she's like you she's know evolved. yeah, and how she's manipulated her appearance. I just wanted to make sure that wasn't lost on people. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. oh, there's a lot of black women who have felt that. I'm light skin. Yeah. Okay. I don't even have. I don't have it that fucking bad. Yeah. Sadly enough, I don't have it that fucking bad. And I felt a deep. Like I've had somebody. I've had other people plant a seed of self hatred in me through their own insecurities and our own whatever weird romantic relationship mess. 
And I don't even have billions of dollars, like, or millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to fall back on. I don't have, like, billions of people adoring me to fall back on. Like, nobody is looking at me and like is like, this is the beacon of female attractiveness, right? And, like, a lot, like, you know, a lot of people feel that, like, Beyonce has still felt that. And Lil' Kim has still felt that. And Lil' Kim, by some measures, you could say, she didn't necessarily make it out on the other side, right? And... I find it really interesting that the majority of the conversation around that line mm-hmm. has been about white women and how they feel. About still about black men cheating and very little about how th- Becky with the good hair is somebody that little Kim knows very well and has it could argue it could be argued that she's remade herself in this person's image. Oof. Well, yeah, glad I had my coffee today. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about we talk, we've talked about this a fair bit. Yeah, uh, I think in the last episode. Yeah, it's really difficult to see that happen consistently in terms of in terms of black women. I mean, they come in all different shades. Like my mom's light skin. You know, my sister is dark skin. You know, I'm married to a dark skin woman. Like, like my child is like becoming a dark skin woman. It's a little chocolate chip. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it, it's it's intense to see and be in close proximity to all those things happening and the exploration of of what black women feel like as they go through life. And it's even more difficult to feel like, you know, to look out in the world and see that all those different manifestations are being rebuked and like the results of that rebuke, the mm-hmm. results of that, you know, cultural indictment. Like I never heard that Malcolm X quote where he was like the Oh really? Uh, no, nah, I never I heard have. That. Yeah, the you know, the most more, <laughs> the most unprotected woman in the world. Disrespected. Is, dis- yeah. yeah, no, unprotected, disrespected and I can't remember the other one. But yeah, it's the black woman like that. I mean, again, that's it's mostly inward. You know, it's mostly the fact that it's transference. It's, you don't feel com- you don't feel confident in what yeah. you look and feel like and how you're uh respected in the world. So you transfer that onto, you know, the person you're you're with or in close proximity to, which is often a black yeah. woman, often a darker skinned woman. Yeah. And so that's how that that's how that comes to light. And it's, it, it, I like, I mean, I like how you said, like, in terms of the wake of even talking about Becky with the good hair, like, there isn't as much conversation or, like, a lot of it has been, like, the search for who she is as opposed to the ideal that, you know, that, that the ideal of what she is yeah. and what that signifies. And I think that, I think that is important. Um, it hasn't been lost on everybody. I think the no. conversation has been out there. But, <laughs> yeah. but no, it is. It's it's interesting to to see that discussion play out and also to see it in respect to little Kim. Like, a lot of people have been laughing already and she is such a tragic figure as, as like, especially in comparison to this person who is so revered, yeah. right? And, you know, in comparison to Biggie, like to have her put next to, cause she's constantly, like her legacy is is inherently tied, tied to, to his. his. Yeah. And this was this person who she still loves, she still reviews, you yeah. know, when they act, like, hell, it's not not a many interviews that she does, but she doesn't talk about him. Yeah. Or she isn't asked about him, rather. Yeah. And it's clear that this person had like a, a really traumatic effect on her, on the rest of her life. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's gone. Been, he's been dead 20 years. He released two albums. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And he's still who she's tied to. I mean, that that's fucked up to have that effect play out so publicly over the rest of her life. It's really sad. You you know, you don't want that for her, for somebody. No. Because she, she is clearly really talented and yeah. like, is this, uh, is this fascinating figure. Like, hip-hop wouldn't, you know, 
hip hop wouldn't be what it is today. No, you know there wouldn't be Nicki Minaj. Uh, there wouldn't be a Nicki Minaj. There wouldn't be certain shades of Beyonce without yeah. Lil Kim. There probably wouldn't even be Foxy if it wasn't for Lil Kim. True. You know what I'm saying? Like even if you go back, you know she was at the forefront of that burst that you kind of had. I mean, yeah, mind you, like, there were people before her. Yeah. But but like of women rapping in that style, like it became much more okay after Lil Kim. Did yeah. It. You know it sucks to see her. Uh, people not realize that, you know, these decisions are so closely tied to this this pain yeah. and what that pain looks like. It's weird because, like, um, I for me, it was actually validating in a great way because I, I haven't really seen, I hadn't really seen somebody just acknowledge, somebody of Beyonce's stature acknowledge that so openly and just be like, girl, I know it. Like, I felt it too. <laughs> like, yeah. I know it and it's, Ugh. Well, and I also, I mean, you can also see that really like played out in like there weren't a lot of like in in the visual language of the film. Like, not only did she surround herself with a like a, a very large variety, and there's actually, I mean, there's also been some criticism in terms of the women, the black women that she has chose. Oh, I could see that. Um, you know, because there weren't like there weren't many larger women. Yeah, like a lot of yeah, there weren't, and it was a lot of like the quote unquote like classically like. In terms of the perception of the women. Uh, but yeah, no, I know? understand what you're saying. But going back to that. These were all clearly black women. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, the, it was a. <laughs> what's black in Serena Williams twerking? Please like, tell me. From the hairstyles to the skin tones to the, everything was rooted in this, you know. Yeah. In something that was supposed to be clear. Like, not to say that people don't exist on both sides of that spectrum of what was shown. Yeah. But it was definitely there to send a message. Well, yeah, I don't want to let her, I don't want to let Beyonce off the hook all the way for this. But I will say that she showed a wider representation in body type and age than you traditionally traditionally see. And also, my thought is, is like, okay, so Beyonce is, I'd say, a, a black woman with the most cultural cachet and, like, access to resources to be able to make a large a large artistic statement. Yeah. I'm sure if more black women had access to things, we would see more. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she, I don't want to, like, I definitely understand the criticism. I agree with it. But also, like, I think she did a damn good job with that. And it's interesting, even now that I really think about it, thinking about Becky, how Becky with the good hair relates to Lil' Kim's face. Like you said, like having all these black women, it's kind of like an unspoken, implicit response to, you don't like my black ass? Yeah. You don't like my black ass? So, all right, let me go down here to a plantation in Louisiana with all these other black women who have a variety of, you know, a variety of ways that they present. And let me just make the blackest shit that I possibly can. Let me hold court. Let me hold court since you don't like my black ass. Like, let me go back into this space that's a healing space for black women. And, like, the thing that's interesting is that because it's preserved on film— Actually, if I really think about it, like film and music are the film, music and books are the only healing spaces that ever are preserved for black women because they are narratives that cannot Oof. be touched after they are produced. You cannot. There is no such there is no such thing as a safe space for black women that does not eventually include non-black women of color or white women, because I can almost see a case for bringing in non-black women of color from time to time, even though I would prefer sometimes that there were just specific healing spaces for black women but yeah i mean white women always feel like they have to have lay some claim over my space or they're interrupted by black men which happens like all the time (laughs) constantly 
all of the time. But like an album that's been recorded and untouched, a book that's been written and cannot be unwritten or rewritten, um, a film that's been made and put out there and cannot be re-edited or put out. Like those are the only long living healing spaces for black women that exist. A lot of the spaces where black women do have that power are the arts. You know, we've talked yeah. about that before, you know. Our, you know, it is an album. That, you know, it, music is one of the rare spaces where black women have been able to progress relatively unim- unimpeded. People are actively searching for us to make, to like join the discourse. Exactly. And Sp- one of the only, <laughs> one of the only places in the world, like spaces in the world where people are seeking out black women. And it's also interesting in terms of Beyonce to herself, because she's been trying to do this before. You know, this mm-hmm. isn't her first quote unquote visual album. Like, yeah. She's been trying to move into this other space before. And, you know, whatever, however you feel about the, the other products, it's clear people were like, man, it didn't really work. You know, no, she's like, no. Like, not only do I need to make music about this, uh-huh. I need to make a film. Uh-huh. And she made a film, and it's it's really exciting to see her be successful in that. Because like you said, it does off- offer up more spaces, and it, it makes us more normal. Yeah. Um, and because she's Beyonce, it's going to stick around. Yeah. Right? Which is cool. I'm like, I like I'm excited because one day I'm going to show it to my kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it's such a cool, it's like something that's for me, has never existed before. Something that is so... Like you said, wide ranging and all encompassing and huge and big and not like she also took these things that were really niche, like Daughters of the Dust. God bless Julie Dash. Mm-hmm. But Daughters of the Dust is is not something that is not a film that a lot of people know about. Yeah. And she, very, I think, very lovingly borrowed from that aesthetic and made it bigger. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like made that larger and magnified that and made it something that's accessible to more people. Not everybody has the resources to to seek out that film. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Julie Dash at the time didn't have the resources or the respect to be able to make it a wider release. I like that this is something that's really big and accessible that I can like one day be able to show it to my kids and they're going to be able to like... It's interesting that in this way... You know, obviously it's not going to win any Oscars. Yeah. But like in this way, she's been able to contribute. Or maybe, actually, I don't know if they have uh, HBO's some- submitting it for, yeah, for Emmy an Emmy consideration. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's this, that like she's been able to create a visual that joins the canon, like you say, of like an Eve's Bayou or a Color Purple yeah. or a Daughter's. Like it's something that like, that's it's like Southern it's, Gothic. It joins the Southern Gothic tradition. Yeah. And it's something that's like, that I feel like is mine and that is for me. And I never feel like anything is for I didn't realize how little is for me until I saw this. Mm-hmm. And I thought about how many goddamn movies exist of white women sitting around talking about getting cheated on, mm-hmm. making fucking quilts. <laughs> I watched one the other day. I love Ellen Burstyn. I watched How to Make an American Quilt la- a week ago. And it was it. really, it's really good. One of the writers in it too, and Alfred Woodard and Maya Angelou. It was cool to see, like, and like, and yeah, and their quilt making is like this center. It's like this healing space for white women. Steel Magnolias, yeah, healing space for white women. I mean, First Wives Club, any of those movies, yeah, Fried Green Tomatoes, Fried Green Tomatoes, exactly. A healing space for black women, black women. They can like, I love that. Like, I love that this was something that was allowed to happen. I'm hoping that that kind of extends in real life, because like, and now I think about it. I can understand why Beyonce really didn't doesn't like has no desire to speak on it at all because almost that will taint it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. discussion around it is already in some places so fucking ugly and like white women are trying to grab onto it, black men are trying to grab onto it. I I appreciate the fact that she's not speaking on it and that she's like I made this. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, also just to come back like a lot of those like a lot of the movies that we just called out like are also I think this is important because a lot of those movies were also directed by men. 
Yeah. Like, well, not Daughters of the Dust and not Eve's Bayou. Well, yeah, not those specifically, but like Color Purple, Still Magnolias, Fried Green Tomatoes. You know, and even with that, like, in translating a lot of those narratives to film, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them have been like sanitized. Like, you know, like it yeah. with Color Purple and like Fragrant Tomatoes specifically, there was a lot of like, um, like lesbian sub, like Not what became a, yeah, subtext. it became subtext. But like when you read the books, you're like, yo, it was pussies it, getting. Eaten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, um, so yeah, so having you know having a woman be able to you know be responsible for the creation of this allows like just what she wanted. Yeah, no, you it's know? yeah. Like what came out is what she wanted to come out. <laughs> Who whoever creates something on HBO and is the sole exec credited as the sole executive producer. Uh, I do want to come back and just make like talk a bit more about the fact that this could not even be real. You know what I'm saying? Like like I think I I think it's clear like we talked we've established like some shit went down. Yeah. Like the the thing about the thing that I like about Beyoncé and about this particular expression of her work is that it's up to her to establish and this visual album establishes like how much she feels like sharing in in what way but there's still a potential like a bit of distance that she could have like to it yeah parts of this could be more real than others you know and I I, I wanted to just come back and, and step on that just like one more time yeah because we don't know we really don't we know don't. we don't I think it also shows shows the degree of intention that she has in terms of when she creates. Yeah. Because to be able, like, to put so much of yourself in this, mm-hmm. you know, to establish yourself and your husband and your child. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whether it's true or not, she put them out there. Yeah. Everybody is out there. Like, they are all, like, his, you say his grandmother is yeah. his grandmother. It's the very end, yeah. Like, they are in this film. It is intricately woven within, like, her mythology. And that show, like whether it's true or not, it shows a level of intention about about that artistry yeah. that is fascinating. I agree, and like something that like Beyonce, even like that she's always been criticized for, among many other things, is just like her lack of vulnerability. And that makes me think of a couple of things. Like she's a perfectionist, but also I also wonder like she's a black woman who's not performing struggle. Do you know what I'm saying? For like most she of the time, is now. well. Well, she's performing a specific type of struggle that many people can tie themselves to. But she's a black woman not performing. Like, when I think of struggle, no shade to this woman because I actually like her. I'm thinking, like, a Keisha Cole, giving you some Keisha Cole, giving you some, even some Phyllis Hyman, giving you some, do you know what I'm saying? Like, she's a black woman who's not performing. She's Beyonce is always the winner. She always comes out on top. Mm -hmm. There are so few contexts in life where I get to see myself as, as a winner. Or even if I'm successful, my success is typically only measured by that of another black woman. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't even get to always be in the full running if you catch my drift. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of black women, like, deal with that. So I like, to some some extent, Beyonce is like Teflon Don. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) She's Arnold Schwarzenegger. She's fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's just like, she's that suited up all the time. Yeah. But she really was not, like, she was, regardless of whether she's tearing down her own myth or or, or putting her own actual business out there, Mm -hmm. she is being vulnerable and she's being intentionally vulnerable in this way that is really it's surprising and even just as somebody who create what I create is not the same as what Beyonce creates <laughs> but just as a creative person seeing how intentional she's like how just fucking expertly executed all of this was yeah so I mean so Lemonade was good <laughs> Lemonade no, was good it was honestly it was excellent it reminded me like I was telling you this before like I feel like this is her this is her experimental album. This is like Rhythm Nation for her. Uh-huh. This is like Jagged Little Pill. 
you know, yeah. for her. Like, it is, it steps so clearly without of the quote-unquote boundaries that we would have anticipated that, you know, she has. Yeah. But it, it it is a different language for her, and she has jumped so, like, she jumped into it. She killed it. Like, she this killed is, it. Yeah, no, I agree. It was, it's, it's the most complete artistic statement I've seen anyone in my lifetime yeah. musically make. Like, mm. it's, com- but I'm serious, it's complete. It's complete. There are no loose ends to yeah. this shit. Not on the album, it only has 12 cuts. Not with the film and the way that they fit together. Like, there was not a frame of that shit wasted and none of the songs are wasted. Like, there's some songs that I love more than others. Yeah. But I think that every single song on this album serves a particular purpose. And, you know, I just say, like, fucking bravo. So, yeah, man, go, go. If you haven't already... Yeah. If we haven't sold it for you with this long-ass episode, <laughs> uh, go and watch and listen to Lemonade and really think about how it makes you feel, what it connects to. But uh, there was a lot. There's so much in this shit. Yeah. We, you know. we. I could honestly, like, I could go, I could, like, create a reading list for each of us of yeah. different shit. <laughs> And be like, we're gonna be back here in a week, and then like have a like have another conversation about what was happening in this shit. Like, but, there's not enough that can be said about this fucking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much here. Yeah. And the thing that I will also note is yeah. this is this is different for us specifically because we when we sat down to start doing this show, we very yeah. much said we are will not be fucking talking about relationships. But we did. You can't not. I think it yeah. like which kind of shows like how powerful of a piece of art it was, in that whether you like it or not, this shit hit you. Somewhere. Yeah. Like, if you've lived, if you've lived, Lemonade hits you somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This was a, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. This is good. As always, please, 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 please. Rate. Rate review. us and review us subscribe. on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Let people know if you like the show. Let us know what you think. You can email us at forcolorednerds at gmail.com. Yeah, I love it. And the email's been really interesting recently. Email's been good. Yeah. Email's There's been some people good. who sent some emails who I feel like they're going to hear this episode and be like, damn mm. it! Yeah, so review us on iTunes. Tell your friends. Thank you for listening. We yeah. really, really appreciate it. And we'll be back soon. We'll be back soon. Bye. Bye. Don't hurt yourself. Life doesn't have a pause button. That's why Capella University's FlexPath learning format lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them if something comes up. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference for you at capella.edu.